Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Paul Wood of the BBC and in this week's magazine, Spectator magazine, we have, we both have articles. I have taken the line that a lot of I'd say people have taken it's not very original of me but that the my my argument is that the media has really humiliated itself and that this has actually been very beneficial to Trump you sort of reverse ferret a little bit if I dare say so but you you do actually say that the the stampede is going too far in the other direction now and people are forgetting that there's actually quite serious stuff that has come up as a result of uh, the Mueller investigation. Is that a fair summation of your argument? Yes, it's certainly a victory for President Trump, and people who seek to ignore that are just going to make themselves look ridiculous. And there are one or two people still who are blowing the same collusion trumpet that has been blown for the past two years. I would say there's a danger in rushing one way and then rushing back again. And we should stop and say, first of all, we don't actually know what Mueller said. We have a very few fragments of what he said conveyed by a political appointee, the Attorney General William Barr. Mr Barr said that there was no finding of collusion. When he actually quoted Robert Mueller's words, it was that they had been unable to establish collusion. That's the kind of thing a criminal prosecutor says when he doesn't have the evidence that would convince a jury beyond reasonable doubt, that is overwhelming evidence. We're now hearing in reports in the New York Times this morning that the report is at least 300 pages Judge Andrew Napolitano, a very interesting, somewhat out-of-tune commentator on Fox News, says it's 700 pages. What the hell's in the rest of the report? It can't just be no collusion, full stop, a lot of people are saying. And I suspect, unless the sources have been completely lying to us the past two years, that there were a lot of disconcerting things that people in Mr Trump's orbit did, didn't amount to a criminal case for collusion. There may be grounds for suspicion. The, the line that we heard over and over again was that uh, Jared Kushner, Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump were, were going to be indicted, if not the president himself. This appears not to have been true. However, you, uh, people are speculating that there'll be a lot of dirt within these 700 pages on, in particular, Jared, I think. Well, it depends dirt about what. There seems to be so many truckloads of dirt about the Trump organisation. You have to sort what, sort out what exactly you're saying when you talk about dirt. First of all, on indicting Trump, I had one source, uh, you know, one of these anonymous sources that I guess we all ought to be a bit wary of, but uh, one source who said two weeks ago there will be nothing about collusion or there'll be no case for collusion in the Mueller report. And he said, look, there's a fight between the Attorney General William Barr and Mueller over whether to indict Trump. And you get a sense of that in this rather odd decision by Mueller just to set out facts on obstruction and punt the decision to William Barr and James Comey this morning is saying, quoted in the American newspapers, doesn't understand that. And I think you can get a sense that there was a disagreement over that, if not the full-scale row that we wrote about in The Spectator. Um, Then indictments for the kids. There are definitely serious investigations going on in New York to do with the Trump organisation. I know with certainty that Michael Cohen is helping with that, and he's told people the Trump organisation is, in his words, done, over. They've given partial immunity to the chief accountant, the chief financial officer in the Trump organisation. 
So going back over many years, there have been allegations about mis-selling of condos, money laundering. That's what's being looked at now. But of course, nothing to do with Russia collusion. And Mr Trump's supporters might fairly say, well, we kind of knew this was the guy we were electing in 2016. None of this is new. Going back to collusion itself, which is the important central allegation, we don't know what Mueller says. Maybe, as sources told me over the past couple of years, and I reproduced in The Spectator, that there were a lot of suspicious contacts between members of uh, Trump world and the Russians, more than 100 by one count, but never any one conversation which amounted to a conspiracy. And as I say in the magazine this week, one senior uh, member of the last administration said, look, in his view, Trump had always behaved like a mob boss, like a mafia boss. The mafia boss is never going to tell you, look, we're in a conspiracy here. We've all got to lie. That's kind of understood from the beginning. And therefore, in the view of that source, very, very difficult to prove. So I think we really have to wait a little bit to see the size and shape of what Mueller was alleging uh, in the 300 pages or the 700 pages or whatever it is. And I think, as I say, the pendulum will swing back. Sorry, how long do you think we'll have to wait? Well, we may never get it. I think William Barr is resisting efforts to publish that report. The House has said it wants the report, but Mitch McConnell in the Senate has blocked it. You can only assume that having given the headlines favourable to the President, what's below those headlines might not be so favourable to the President. Yes, but the problem is, as I, as I tried to say in my piece this week, the problem is, is that the Russia obsession has meant that all the perfectly good lines of inquiry about Trump's nefarious past his sexual relationships, all those things. And um, you can say that, you know, Trump supporters will say they knew this guy was, was, was no saint and so on. But I still think the majority of Americans would rather not have someone with, with such a shady past as their president. And, but the problem is, is that those, those, lines have been, those lines of inquiry have been scrambled because now everybody just thinks, um, you know, the Trump-Russia collusion thing is an, an elite madness, which... Sure, by saying for two years maybe the president's a Russian agent, when you find out he's not a Russian agent, you're so relieved that it doesn't really matter what else might have happened. And let's not forget what exactly has happened, at least according to all the US intelligence agencies and Robert Mueller himself. There was a Russian attack on the US election, not meddling, not a bit of messing around at the margins, but an actual attack carried out on social media designed to sway the election for Donald Trump. And people always say, oh, well, it didn't change the outcome. Actually, nobody knows that for certain. And the US intelligence agencies in their reports on the election attack specifically said it's not our business to look at what happened domestically. We're going to tell you what happened internationally and what the Kremlin was up to. So the Russians attacked the election. President Trump was the supposed beneficiary of that. Certainly that's what the Kremlin wanted. And more than that, the Trump campaign was at times clearly eager to accept that help. That was what the Donald Trump Jr. meeting was about. You may remember Don Jr. Uh, was offered dirt on Hillary Clinton from a Russian lawyer. He took the meeting at Trump Tower and emailed to other members of the campaign, quote, I love it, when he was told about the offer of this dirt. So all of those things are sort of discounted because the greater allegations are not true, but they are still, ex still extremely serious. They might not amount to a conspiracy, but they are still something that American voters might want to ponder, except, as you say, the battle lines have been drawn. People are never Trumpers or they're Trump supporters. And the facts are thrown out of the window. But also, I mean, just on Russia, there is, I mean, it is interesting that we, we've just posted a piece on Spectator USA about how Putin, over the weekend, the Russians put, sent troops to Venezuela, which is quite a dramatic 
escalating move. And yet the story is hardly reported because everyone's still going on about what, what did or didn't happen in 2016. I mean, it is a bit of a problem in the media, isn't it? Well, it's a problem if it's an obsession that people can't let go of. But I don't think this story has played out yet. There has been a masterful spin campaign by the Trump administration in the form of the Barr letter. And if the Barr letter is the final word, then that spin campaign will have succeeded. We're often criticised as journalists for moving on to the next headline. I think this is a case where the American public needs to see and needs to know what were the rest of Mueller's findings, what were his conclusions, what is the detail of this report, which, after all, the American taxpayer funded. Yes, for two years, and it was, it was very expensive, wasn't it? I mean, how much did it, was the final bill? Well, I've heard figures of 25 million plus, which actually isn't very much, but I've also heard that having seized so much of Paul Manafort's money, it actually turned a small profit. So I'd be interested to see the accounts when they finally come out. They might have actually have made money out of this exercise. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, do you think, obviously the Democrats aren't going to let up on all the investigations into Trump, and clearly the media won't either, I mean, do you think eventually we're going to, it'll be the southern district that everyone thinks will bring down the Trump organisation? Or do you think that it will be just a sort of, or, or do you think he won't be brought down at all and may win in 2020, which is what I think might happen? Oh, he could certainly win in 2020. And the chances of that have massively increased with the events of the past week. If there are prosecutions in New York of a financial nature, even if a grand jury, and grand juries can do this, just decides, what the hell, we're going to indict the president or make him an unindicted co-conspirator or say that this is a sealed indictment which comes into force when he leaves office. Even if all that happens, it's not Russia, it's not the main event. It is a sideshow and it goes to allegations which were in the public domain when Mr Trump was elected. He'd gone bankrupt or his companies had been put into bankruptcy four times before he was president. You may remember on the debate stage, Hillary Clinton tried to make an issue of this and say, said to him, look, you stiffed your suppliers in Atlantic City, you stiffed the American uh, Revenue Service. And Trump said, so what? I'm a smart businessman. I played, played the rules and used the laws that I had at my disposal and made money and walked away. And a lot of people thought, yeah, you know, if we could get away with that, that's what we'd do as well. So I don't think that it is fatal for President Trump if there are these financial allegations, even prosecutions, even indictments, I think he'll get absolutely nuts if his children are indicted, if his businesses suffer because of this. Um, but that's a separate issue. I think he, he looked very strong for 2020, as you say. And, I mean, lastly, you've been doing this story for, you know, quite a long time now. You've been following it quite closely. Um, I mean, do you, do you, did you ever think maybe the Trumpists are right and this is all a hoax? Depends what you mean by hoax, really. Uh, I think. Well, I suppose that the, I mean the Trumpist line is this was a, a document cooked up by a British spy for the Democrats that then got turned into a, a conspiracy to bring down the president, and I, th I think that seems more true than not at the moment. You have to separate out different things that were happening. Christopher Steele was commissioned by Fusion GPS, whose ultimate client was the Democratic Party through a law firm to produce a report raw human intelligence, which made a lot of astonishing allegations, essentially saying the president can be blackmailed by Russia. 
At the same time, a counterintelligence investigation was begun, codenamed Crossfire Hurricane. It began in July of 2016, but my information is that informally it had begun as, late, as early as March or April of 2016, which was nothing to do with Steele's dossier. Despite the repeated claims on Fox and by President Trump's supporters that the dossier led to Pfizer warrants and led to some phony investigation, there was an investigation that was proceeding independently of the dossier. As Christopher Steele was writing the dossier, I think the investigation was already gearing up, and that was to do with signals intercepts handed over by allies of the US, like the UK and Russia, showing a surprisingly high number of contacts between people in Trump world and the Russians. It may also have been to do with money going into the US uh, presidential campaign. That was uh, what I was told initially in March of 2016. I've never been able to prove it, but that's what's what I was told right at the start of this by somebody who had been in an intelligence agency saying, you know, Trump's going to have a problem with allegations about Russia. So you have these two things proceeding in parallel. And then you have Mr. Trump saying, Obama tapped my phones and the deep state is out to get me. I think that's just a tabloid fantasy. The deep state does not exist in the US in the very real way, say it exists in Turkey. Mueller was called a deep state operative by Trump, leading 13 angry Democrats. And then he goes and produces a report which largely exonerates the president on the question of collusion. There was no deep state conspiracy. And President Trump seems to get away with these fantastic notions the whole time. Everybody's got this higher standard of truth, but, but he, he throws out these wild conspiracy theories, deep state uh, operation. I don't think it existed, but you're going to disagree. No, well, I don't know. I just If, if the crossfire hurricane, it would have been ordered by, Obama would have signed off on it, right? So, I mean, you could say it goes right to the top. I don't know whether or not he would have signed off on it. Maybe, maybe not. It certainly would have been... There's that, isn't there that text message with uh, Lisa Page saying POTUS wants to know what we're up to or something, isn't that? I don't recall that, but certainly heads of agencies, you know, the head of the CIA, the head of the FBI would have had to sign off on it. And those are the people that Donald Trump, Roger Stone, Jerome Corsi, Alex Jones all say are the deep state. You can put another construction on this, is that, which is that a lot of worrying things happened in the realm of the Russians trying to, to penetrate American democratic structures. And the FBI thought, wow, look, the Russians are trying to get, get under the skin of the Trump campaign. We better warn the Trumpers about this. And then to their surprise, this is viewed as a hostile attack because in their view, later it turned out, they thought that the Trump campaign was welcoming this help. And that was the allegation made in the Steele dossier that there'd been a long running relationship between the Russians, whether the Russian mafia or Russian intelligence, which is often the same thing, and the Trump campaign, which started with money laundering, which started with buying Trump property and turned into an intelligence relationship and turned into Kremlin support for his campaign. I think even when all the facts of this are out, people are still going to view it very differently depending on... on uh, which side of the aisle they sit. Well, and, and I mean, the chances of it leaking, what do you think that is, that they are? A lot of this, the reason that, that Barr is not going to release the full report is it apparently contains a lot of grand jury evidence given to grand juries, which are still meeting. That, again, raises questions. What are these grand juries meeting on if everything's tied up with a neat bow? So he's got a scrub it of, of grand jury testimony. But you have precedents for this. The, the Watergate grand jury sent a 62-page summary of their findings to Congress saying, well, we got this far. Kind of looks bad for President Nixon. You may want to take it further. So America is a fairly open society. You kind of think the truth will out. But for two years, we never had a hint of what Robert Mueller would conclude. That's why I say journalists like me really have to audit our coverage. I think if you look at this 
pieces that I did and The Spectator and others did it, they were heavily caveated, but still it gave the general impression it was all heading in one way, and then boom, we run into a wall. But secrets were kept for two years. It's in the political interest of the Trump administration to keep secrets for another two years. You know, I wouldn't bet either way. Well, on that note, I think we'll end it. Thank you very much, Paul. That's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I'd encourage you all to go to iTunes and rate and review us. And please be as kind as you possibly can. I'd be very grateful. Also want to tell you about a new offer. If you go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher, you'll see that you can get a £20 John Lewis voucher if you subscribe to our 12 issues for £12 subscription offer for the magazine. That's a pretty good deal, and I would take it.